Hey everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're back after a week off. It's episode 695. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. Slow news week, right? Oh yeah. I... It, it would have been a busy show if nothing had been announced this week, just because of all the drama and excitement last week. First things first... Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash PC per become one of our patrons. We have new patrons. Lion Steel. That's with a bunch of Lion Steel. Marks. Ooh. It is because it's with, with enthusiasm. It sounds like a, like a coating you might put on your car or maybe a performance enhancing drug or something. It's my new herbal you know, supplement. Take... Yes, that's exactly what Perfect. I was thinking. Lion Steel. Lion Steel. It happens to everyone. Hey. Eventually, I, I hate to say this, but Sebastian, your video has frozen. Oh, okay, no, I wasn't going to mention it. it. It's a good shot, though. It's fine. We'll just I know it it's a profile. Let's I, pretend you might want to address it at some point. No, it's fine. <laughs> All right. uh, now, this is why we like our patrons. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> so I need to buy please, a new need, 4K. We need a new Camlink 4K. Uh, let's see. Uh, Alexander V, not Alexander. With a, but for some reason, we pronounce X guh in this country. So, not mm-hmm. exit or Alexander. It's Alexander with a K. And it finally, is, uh, mm-hmm. and finally, Zebra ZT230 thermal printer. The ZT230 thermal printer. That's uh, that's a pretty serious piece of kit. You like your page thermal printed? Well, for seven hundred dollars, you could have your own. So yes, thank you, Zebra ZT230 thermal printer for your kind donation. Uh, Josh, you were actually quoting his donation there, his donation of $700. So we really do appreciate oh, that. I'm making well, that up. There we go. Uh, that's not true. That is, that's not true. <laughs> well, it is. It's just that he printed the money on the thermal printer. So yeah. it looks it's, good, though. It looks really good. I was wondering good. why I was wondering why all his cash was one-sided. I, I understand now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the burger segment. Josh, take it away. Oh, boy. Is my video frozen yet? It's like the end of Police Academy. (laughs) No, Police Squad. squad. (laughs) Police Squad, sorry. We've had this before, but it's a classic. It's the Naughty. The Naughty is an outstanding burger. Two quarter pound patties of beef covered in pepper jack cheese that in turn is covered with fresh cut jalapenos that in turn is covered with sliced bacon bits all covered with a chipotle ketchup yes it's not terribly hot but it's still warm i mean if you can eat that amount of jalapenos and you're fine with it then you know I guess my definition of warm would probably be a little too hot for somebody else. But in this case, it's a classic. I have this once every couple of months. Today's special was, uh, what was it? Italian beef nachos. Mm. So they have sliced Italian beef on top of nachos covered with queso, jalapenos, a little bit more bacon. So kind of what I was had, but not really. You know what I'm saying? 
But I don't think I need that much cholesterol, so I'm going with the more cholesterol option. Let's move smoothly into news, and we have to talk about, of course, the big story. There's been a lot of stuff, but Ryzen 7000 dominates because not only has it been announced, it's been launched, and there are reviews out there. You can read all about the performance of the new Ryzen 7000 series processors. There's a quick aside here for the few people who care. We have not one or two, but all four of the current processors offer. The whole skew. Yep. Just like uh, Anantech. But unfortunately, I did not get them early enough to do the launch review. In fact, I was waiting on uh, embargo lift day for a FedEx truck to round out our product stack. But we have all four, just like uh, just like these four pictured here. One of the many, many, many reviews. This is Ryan Smith and Gavin Boncher over at Anantech. And if you're watching our podcast, you've already been watching like the Gamers Nexus at all videos. And you know what the performance is like. You know about the power draw. You know about the temps. We'll talk a little bit more about those. But in case you were living under a rock, Ryzen 5 7600X, Ryzen 7 7700X, Ryzen 9 7900X, and Ryzen 9 7950X are all out there. They range from 299 up to 699 at the top, and they have fantastic performance. Uh, there's just very little to say that hasn't already been said. I would like to hear some commentary from other people because I've actually been testing these things. I know there's a lot of talk about the platform, the total cost involved in getting into AM5, at least right now, because it seems like only higher-end boards are out there to buy. It's an interesting launch. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> we finally got to see some, find out some more details about it, and, and the vast majority of the work in it has, has gone to the front end, so, you know, better, better, uh, oh, what is it? Better prefetch, better, gosh darn it. Why can't I think of it pipelines. right now? Pipelines. No, I mean, you know, Infinity cache. Pipelines are yeah. essentially remained intact. The only thing that they changed is a you know, 512-bit compatible uh, AVX unit, which is actually a double pump 256-bit. And the positive thing about that is that uh, you don't eat nearly as much power doing it this way as what you know Intel has with some of their native solutions, which are native 512-bit. Um but the actual instructions themselves, they add a lot of functionality to this type of SIMD unit. And even though it's double pumped, you're still getting a good amount of throughput and you're getting support for these next gen ABX things. And not everything is 512 bit that is required. And so, yeah, they, uh, I've seen some testing on that, that it performs extremely well even as compared to some of the Intel native stuff. So they made some really good decisions there and that it's a chunk of silicon that is not only not as big as a native 512-bit unit, but uh, it doesn't pull the power. And so, yeah, you've got these clock speeds that, you know, their base clock speeds are the boost clock speeds of last generation. So this 29% uh, IPC increase is both a combination of the front-end changes, which... Branch predictor is what I was trying to think of. Uh, better, uh, the decode's about the same, but the decode cache is larger. The back, the BDB cache again, larger. Everything's kind of bigger, and they're doing that so more instructions and data can go and flow through the execution units uh, than ever before. And again, add on that extra clock speed, and you've got really a, a tremendous increase 
in overall performance uh, as compared to the last generation and as compared to the last generation of Intel stuff, which was kind of ruling the, ruling the roost in terms of performance, but also in terms of power consumption. Well, AMD has certainly improved their performance and they've also increased their power consumption, but we don't know exactly how much as compared to the next generation Intel 13 series parts. But uh, a lot of people are thinking that Intel may squeak out a lead there, but their power consumption is going to be even greater. But we'll see. The The thing that I've been talking about the most internally and to anyone who will listen to me is mostly concerning some of the decisions they made about socket compatibility with uh, existing coolers and thermals. Not thermal a, compatibility with existing coolers. Yeah. But I know Josh was talking the other day about the thick ihs it's kind of like a trade-off because the larger it is the more heat it can sort of absorb and distribute but unfortunately once it saturates it you're it's taking that much longer to get the heat away from the actual cpu cores so they're also trying to amd is also trying to convince us it's a bit like flash on an ssd where uh, you want to keep it at a certain temperature for it to be happy so the heat's the thick heat spreader does help you know, slow down thermal uh, changes. I'm not saying I love this idea. Uh, and you did a deleting uh, review or link that look, made it look like, yeah, that's uh, actually can hurt performance in some ways. Yeah. A, a video from Jabauer, which was released uh, at embargo lift, basically instead of a review, he had a deleting video right off the bat, which has, as of this morning, over 200,000 views. His Ryzen 9 7900X delitting, which lowered temperatures by more than 20 degrees Celsius. And yeah. he was getting higher clocks as a result because he said he was thermally constrained. And when he took away the thermals, uh, the high thermals, then he had better performance, amazingly. So it's kind of amazing uh, to me. And I'm, uh, Brett, Brett do, you, do you want to go ahead and say what you're going to say before I go into another long spiel? <laughs> uh, no, I was just simply going to ask whether Sebastian had one board or two on this and whether or not what memory he used to to do his testing with. We have one board. We were sent an MSI X670E Ace. Mm-hmm. So one board, four CPUs. So obviously, I have to take turns. I don't have any other AM5 platforms here. And <laughs> don't then, wear that socket out. Don't wear the socket they, out. <laughs> no kidding. I have plenty of experience mm-hmm. with LGA sockets. I'm being very gentle. Right. Yeah, we've uh, seen the video. The uh, yeah, exactly. Don't bring that up. <laughs> um, and then uh, the the same kit everybody else got the G Skill Trident Z Neo. It's a six thousand CL thirty kit. I heard that AMD insisted that you use that kit. They didn't insist. It was just recommended, and that's what was provided. Okay. And I wasn't going to go stock forty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Because if if the sweet spot is supposed to be six thousand, just test at six thousand. It saves me the trouble of yeah. going back and testing it again at six thousand. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, it's kind of interesting Josh. how they've they handled the uh, uh, the infinity cache. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've yeah. they've decreased the the bus width, but they've increased the the speed, and they found that that's actually more power efficient than the wider. Um, bus links, which is kind of interesting. I guess the way that they explain it is that you need a certain amount of voltage for each link, 
and even by doubling the speed, it, it took up less power as compared to just, you know, having the, the amount of lanes. And so they've, they've done a lot of really interesting balancing work. And plus when we're talking about modern silicon, I mean, there's so much feedback internally in how they do sensing of heat and voltage and voltage needs within that. And so we, we used to talk more about power gating and they've kind of gone beyond that now. I mean, near instantaneous, uh, type of feedback that, that it's like, Hey, this, this unit needs more power. Uh, we need to clock this up. We need to clock this down. I mean, it's just the amount of work that went into creating this. I mean, it's just been years and years and years. I mean, if you think about, you know, some of the initial things that they did with like the, uh, the six core, uh, Phenom two had some very, very basic, uh, power control features that now have, you know, evolved into what we have here. And, you know, this is kind of why overclocking is about as dead as it can be. I mean, yes, people with super cooling can get them up higher, but the people even with, you know, a higher end liquid cooler, um, you're just not able to go very much farther because AMD is already pushing and Intel, for that matter, they're already pushing their silicon to the absolute ragged edge, but they're able to maintain stability just because of all of this, this, this data and feedback from how the chip is reacting and uh, what its needs are. And this is why we have the robust voltage, uh, uh, not circuits, but, but phases that we do. Uh, so it's, it's really neat to see. And again, AMD has, has added on uh, to that with even tighter control of uh, voltage regulation. Here we have CPU benchmarks from a non-tech, just more conventional stuff, rendering stuff like Blender. And what's really impressive to me is look at what an increase they have over their previous high-end part. If you look at the Ryzen 9 5950X, the 7950X, it's it's like a 20-core a part comparatively like it's you've, you're getting a significant increase in performance with the same 16 cores 32 threads so anything that's multi-threaded like blender or you know anything else if you're rendering out video or whatever it is you're gonna get yeah, a huge before boost. you go too much further yeah notice how the ryzen 5 7600x is faster overall than the ryzen 7 5800x you're giving mm-hmm. up two cores and four threads, and for half, not yeah, for almost half the price. Well, not quite half the price, but you know, seventy-five percent of the price. You're, I'm bad at math. Sixty-six percent of the price. Yeah, <laughs> well, forget about price. Say. The market is cheaper. It's damn you impressive that they're doing eight-core performance with six cores. Yeah, at the there same TDP, basically. I mean, it, it may be drawing more. Six but. divided by eight, six and twelve divided by sixteen. Nah, that's a quarter. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's like the the Ryzen nine seventy nine fifty X acts like an eighteen or twenty core part compared to the fifty nine fifty X. But I mean they're doing this with significantly higher clocks, higher power draw. They're getting the most out of this architecture they possibly can. They're pushing it right to its limits. It's where it seems like the only way to get more out of these things would be to either do liquid nitrogen or um, dry ice cooling or 
probably a lot better idea would just be undervolting and then seeing how far these things can go if you remove any kind of thermal limits. I haven't done any of hey, that yet. Uh, like Josh, undervolting and then PBO to stuff. As far as that yeah. pricing comparison you made, I actually bought a 1500X at everybody's favorite store, Micro Center, uh, for close mm -hmm. to that that street price of the of the new 7000 series. Just to be fair. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, I mean, you can get a 5900 now for less than 400 bucks. I mean, $370 for on sale, that's that's still a, a heck of a price for a lot of processor. Yeah, people are pointing out that maybe now the time is right to buy a 5800X3D, you know, if you're looking for a really yeah. hot gaming uh, chip. I don't yeah, mean that, that as in temperature-wise, necessarily. <laughs> Just no, the 5800X3D well is a well-behaved chip. It's it's limited, yeah. mm -hmm. and if you're not doing anything crazy with it, then you'll be just fine. And it's still fantastic for gaming. Look at the Cinebench R23 results, by the way. The single thread and multi... We knew they were going to have the multi-thread crown, and it's a big... They have more than 10,000-point lead over the 1200K here in multi-thread, but it's also the highest single-threaded performance. It's not a massive... Like, we're talking around 2000 and then the 7950 uh x is around 2067 it's 2067 on their chart which shows an average of so many runs one interesting note i will add here this is why this is why testing hardware is so much fun because this testing was all done on the press bios for whatever board they had which would have had 1.0.0.1 when i retested Today actually was running Cinebench R23 single thread. The 7950X on my motherboard with the latest BIOS and Ajisa 1.0.0.3, I'm getting below 2000 points in R23 single thread. So it's very, it's pretty much tied with the 12900K. So, but, but they made up a lot of ground if you look at their. Like the 5950X. Oh, for sure. It's just, uh, I think yeah. any of the really close wins might not be wins if you were to rerun everything. So mm -hmm. I'm still working on it. Who knows? I, maybe I'm thermally constrained. Maybe that's the problem. Well, you're only using, what are you using? You're, you're uh, 360 there. with the pump and fans up all the way. So that maybe that's not enough. It's enough. Maybe you should delid. No, That's because I if I were to quote the <laughs> reviewer's guide, quote, in the Ryzen 7000 series, the processor is designed to run at TJ Maxx 24-7 without risk of damage or deterioration. At 95 degrees, it is not running hot. Rather, it will intentionally go to this temperature as much as possible under load because the power management system knows that this is the ideal way to squeeze the most performance out of the chip without damaging it, end quote. Now, that sounds huh. like marketing to me, especially when you look at, like, watch the Devour video where he shows actual scaling of performance versus temperatures, and it's literally the opposite is true. The, the cooler you can get these things to run, the higher clocks you're going to get, but... Yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit of a marketing speak it's it's a maybe a Wank. better way to do it is um we keep everything at 95 degrees and lower and uh, we expect this kind of performance 
at that temperature yeah. and have to kind of control it and keep it there. But if you live in a hot climate where you're, uh, where you're, you're, you know, your cooling does not dissipate nearly as much heat, uh, it's going to keep it at that 95 degrees, but actually you're going to see down clocking happening. And that's just the way it is. It's, there's nothing magical about 95 degrees and modern silicon. Uh, it just is what they've designed it to do. Hey, Josh, base clocks are yesterday's boost clocks, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> I yes. highly recommend you watch the, who is it, Optimum Tech has a video out today on their YouTube channel about the PBO2 stuff with Ryzen 7000. And I'll just link to this stuff in the description, but if you look at what they did by just setting some like a simple offset, they recommended, they, they walk you through doing it if you had a AORUS board, but just showing you what it should look like to run this on your motherboard, creating a negative offset. And then they what they ended up doing, if I scroll hmm. ahead to the actual results, was basically getting the same results as stock at much lower temperatures, or uh, let's here we go. So they're showing stock versus PBO2 at a, a negative 30 offset. So they're getting higher performance at virtually the same temperatures and power draw. But the really mm. interesting thing was when they took it all the way down to like 85 watts on their 7700X and we're still matching stock performance and getting much lower temps. Why am I not finding mm. the part of the video? Let's see. I here. don't know. Well, here we go. Here we go. Package temps dropped to 61.1C. Power Whoa. draw went from 133 to 87. And they were getting essentially the same as stock performance. So they did an undervolt, so a minus 30 offset, 85 mm -hmm. watt power limit, essentially still getting stock performance, but 30 degrees cooler. Way less power draw. So not every chip is going to do this. They stressed that. Like they, you might have to do a minus 15 offset, but they had a chip that would do a minus 30. They could manually enforce the power limit on top of that and eventually uh, reach stock performance at those kinds of significantly lower power draws way way better thermals so which uh, was so is this like, kind of the new overclocking is that uh how low can we go yeah. and still retain performance and improve our our offices in the middle of summer while we want to play some games i think yeah. that's what you're going for because the manufacturer says this is not a problem this is a new normal just accept it i think josh you have a point stop overheating the offices or whatever room that you're gaming in Maybe that's the win here. Just draw a little bit less power from the wall and making your air conditioner work. Think of Mother out. Earth. Yeah, because <laughs> the only actual temperature <laughs> that, that is magical for silicon and transistors is negative 40C or negative 40F, which is yeah. the same. The same temperature. Um, the, the temperatures at that point <clears throat> actually change some of the electrical properties of, uh, mm -hmm. of the silicon and and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be, but yeah, that that involves some serious phase change. There is another aspect to the story, of course. It's not just that 
you know, the, the processors tend to run hot. That's apparently by design, but you can get around that by doing like PBO2, negative offsets, and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to delid. But I, I was looking earlier at Newegg. We've seen processors skyrocket up in popularity right off the bat before, but it's going to be a while. I'm looking through like the top ranked stuff on Newegg. And how far do I have to go? It's a little bit mirror there. <laughs> Number 19 is your first entry of a, of a new Zen 4 part, the Ryzen 9 7950X, which claims to be on sale for four hours, but that's the MSRP. So I'm not sure what's going on with that. Uh, you can't oh buy gosh, it. Gosh, same price at Micro Center. It must be a real dollar figure. It must be a... Uh, you know, a set price, <laughs> not a manufacturer, not available, or they can't go below. I can add it to yeah. the cart. Let's see. When is the estimate? Yeah, um, for four it? hours. Hmm. After four hours, you won't be able to. Anymore. Oh, I see. That's how this works. Uh, you know, what's kind of amazing is the uh, seventy six hundred is not selling very well, apparently, and it that's needs weird. A because cheap platform. Yeah, it doesn't have one. Well, yeah, okay. Hmm. Okay, if I you were looking at the, the cheapest 670E is probably what 270 to 299 if yeah. they're in stock. 300 bucks. Here's one that's 259 from ASRock. Oh, wow. Well, that's and, neat. Yeah, that's me. And it's actually in stock. I don't know, Josh. And you get a 15 dollar rebate. About spending almost 300 bucks on a board for a $300 CPU. I don't know. It's well, you haven't weird. even brought the RAM into it yet. No, 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 no. Hey, listen, AMD evangelists <laughs> in our Discord have been telling us that DDR5 is not expensive anymore. So let's look at DDR okay. prices. Now, not expensive anymore still, I'm sure, means double. And <laughs> it's not like any enthusiast who's playing PC games right now doesn't have DDR4. So it, this is not something where you could, like on the Intel side, you can choose a DDR4 board. Like this, this uh, you can't at, see it, but there's a Tomahawk board behind me from MSI. And I have the DDR5 version, but they sell a DDR4 version as well. Mm. And I, I bought a gigabyte DDR4 Z690 board for testing. So it's you, you can choose whether you want DDR4 or DDR5. I would have loved to see the decision, if they were going to do anything for compatibility, to let you bring over your high-end DDR4 kits from your Zen 3 systems. Or mm. choose to go to DDR5 and explain all the benefits of going to DDR5. Instead, they evangelize DDR5, and that's the only memory standard supported. Intel mm. traditionally supports two standards for like the first generation or two after a new memory standard comes out. And, and AMD used to do that as well with yeah. DDR1, 2, and 2, and 3, and 3, and 4. Oh, but, hell, SD yeah, and you know, DDR. They're, they're, just, they're just ripping off the bandage. And going direct DDR5. And, you know, I think that that's okay. It's a little bit more of an ask for people who are building a system. And it certainly is not as, you know, budget enthusiast friendly. Uh, however, when you look at AMD's issues with going to next generation uh, memory controllers that support both, uh, typically that first generation of chip and memory controller is not that great. And their latency ah. issues and and uh, some compatibility issues in the past and and certainly the way they're doing it now, um, it looks like that they have a a solid part. It's very focused and it's only doing DDR5. And I 
I can't find much fault with it, considering how bumpy the road has been in the past with uh, memory controllers on CPUs from AMD. Because if you go back to the Athlon 64, it was a pain in the ass to get all those timings right. And yeah. it was unstable and didn't often work. And yeah, it was it was not, not good. And then you finally learned some tricks like uh, you set your cast and I can't remember what the TCL had to go, even though it was, you know, claimed to be like a two, you know, a, a two cycle, you had to move it up to three and then everything kind of worked. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy, you know, the pain, you know, the pain. <laughs> Come on, no silence. Hey, but. Uh, don't you don't have to have any pain it's a painless experience to uh, overclock your memory with expo which is of course amd's new answer to xmp there's there's another positive is they they're actually like amd specific kits like the g skill kit that they were sending out to reviewers where this is an expo kit it's not an xmp kit it doesn't have any xmp profiles on it it's just for amd boards you I mean you can manually set the timings on any board but That's new. That's exciting. You don't seem very enthusiastic. We need to. Well, it's, it's, I think it, we, we've been so starved for stuff for so long, and yeah. we've had a pretty solid time with the 5000 series and the 6000 series, and suddenly we're being inundated with a lot of tech. That is much more expensive. I mean, the CPUs are not as expensive, uh, but again, the platform is, the DDR is. We have upcoming graphics chips. We have another one that we're talking about here shortly that is extremely expensive. And I think a lot of people are a little exhausted and, and disappointed that, you know, hey, I saved up this amount of money. Uh, I was looking for, you know, a motherboard that's going to be 120 bucks. I'm looking for memory that'll be you know, 100 to 120 bucks, and I'll just buy a 7600 uh, X. And that would be a great upgrade gaming machine. But that's not the case. You're looking at $250 minimum if you want the full set. They don't have the budget chipsets out yet. Uh, memory is still much more expensive. You know, you're looking 50 to 75% more for what you get. And so it's it's a harder sell. And again, there's a lot of exhaustion. <laughs> just... Technology, uh, it's been a grind for the past two years with COVID and supply chains and not being able to buy stuff. And when you did buy stuff, it was extremely expensive and you had to fight scalpers. And it's just, I don't know, people are kind of tired. I know Josh, I Josh, it's funny you should you should mention that. It's almost like the the savings that you could potentially get for buying a, a CPU that has higher performance at a lower dollar has almost been shifted to the board and the chipset. It's almost like you're spending the uh, same amount. Yeah. Yep. And I thought we got rid of all the bridges that made exp motherboards expensive. Mm. Let's look. Well, it looks like this, this, the DDR5 sweet spot is around a 32 gig kit, but it's only about 5,200 CL36 to CL40. Mm. Micro Center best price about two hundred bucks. So the absolute, uh, kit, the absolute cheapest I could get what would be probably considered the minimum amount of memory anymore, which is sixteen. <clears throat> yeah. In my new egg cart, I put Ooh. in the cheapest X six seventy board currently on Newegg, the seventy six hundred X, and the cheapest 
way to get 16 gigabytes of memory right now, which is just plain, you know. Is that a single? It's a single. It is a single. $78. Whoa. So well, it'll it would, train quickly. It would be $637.16 to get the absolute cheapest Zen uh, 4 system right did, now. Did, this is the minimum did you have want to buy any, if you didn't already have DDR5. Did, did you want fast storage with that, sir? Did you want any storage with that? You can't afford it. Sorry. Does it no. uh, ship with its own cooler still? Because I don't no. think they did. Did they? No. no. None oh. of them ship with a cooler, as far as I know. At least none of the uh, early ones. The boxes I have are just these slim, slim boxes that don't have room yeah. for a cooler. Well, yeah, they totally redid the boxes for this launch too. So yeah. you're playing all your games in a browser on that box. Is that what you're saying? But you don't need to, you don't no need storage. a cooler because your existing cooler works with it. Just none of your other existing stuff does. I don't know why that's this exciting checkbox. Like, but your existing <laughs> cooler will work. Look, we have the same two black plastic pieces with these little clips. You can still you do know, the clip thing. You know, from way back in the socket yep. A era. I we still have. I them. have to say, I hate that so much. Oh, I mean. I I've like it better than the, than the Intel. Inconsistent. No. Sorry. Oh, man. Nothing is worse than trying to install one of those on coolers it. on an Intel platform that has the little plastic push pin things. Yeah. Oh, those you are pop awesome. one those in and terrible. the other one pops those out in the other corner. Boink, 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 boink. But yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm especially fond. I'm trying to think of the last thing I'm going to say about this. Okay. Um, I, oh, yeah. I guess that the PCIe 5.0 is hard to implement and that's a big reason for the prices of some of these boards especially when they're uh you you got to have I, I can't remember what they're called they're not repeaters but essentially that's that's what they are is that oh, you have yeah. to like have retimers retimers retimers, yeah. retimers. Yeah. You, you've got to have mm-hmm. really tight designs um a lot of layers on the motherboard and then you've if you get a certain amount of length you've got to have the retimers in there and it adds to complexity. It adds to the uh, the 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 uh, bill of materials, all of that, and it's it's you know PCI six I think they're doing some different things to get more bandwidth, but it'll be able to kind of loosen some of these constraints that uh, PCI five has. So, yeah, if you want that five speed uh, for you know the next generation M.2 that are coming out in November, uh, you're going to pay a price. And there's a reason also why NVIDIA doesn't have a PCIe 5.0 video card, and I'm yeah. not entirely sure if AMD will have one. No. But I still want a PCIe 5.0 power supply. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You meant uh, ATX 3.0. That's what I think you meant. Hey, they're branded both ways right now. Hey, isn't ATX 3.0 Intel's spec? Yes, but don't bring that up. Yes. Oh, well, we are going to. This is we're transitioning don't to Intel BTX news either. Because not to be outdone hey, about- by the review embargo and then the actual launch of the Ryzen 7000 the next day. Uh, clever girl. Intel launched <laughs> their 13th gen Intel Core processors. Take now, that. You can't actually buy them yet. I think it's October 20 when you go to try to buy them. It's a pre-order. But you can order them. And we know all the, the product names and the specs now. There's, and there's a chart. There's a chart below someplace down there. Let's go yep. down. We're scrolling. Scrolling. Keep going. There's more more. more, more. Here we go. There it is. You have there's arrived. You have arrived. 
So we have pricing. The pricing actually looks pretty good. The 13900K, this looks like the same pricing as before. So I mean, the good is a relative term. If you thought that the 12900K was overpriced, you will not be pleased. But their top-end part, the 13900K, is less expensive than AMD's top-end part now. That's the great thing about competition. When would we have seen Intel try to undercut AMD's price? Uh, I mean, who can forget the Pentium 2 launch at 266 megahertz at $1,500 because AMD and Cyrix and all those that went chip, they didn't have anything competitive. Nope. That, yeah, that's, and that was in 1990, what, seven money? That is really expensive. People forget how expensive processors used to be. Yeah, there were cheaper <laughs> processors like the AMD K6, K6 II, budget stuff. But yeah, well, Intel? you think we all bought back in the day? Yeah, there's yeah, there's a reason so many people were on <laughs> the you know hundred and fifty dollar processors and not the Cyrix six eighty six. I'm sold. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cheap. The Athlons, mm. Winchip. So the those power draws, though, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine it would be a lot more than what we're currently seeing, because we're seeing this is like max turbo power 253. That's what we have now. Base power yeah. 125. So it's it's interesting to see what they're doing. They're extracting a little bit more in the turbo frequency, like the max is up to 5.8 now for the flagship parts. We're still looking at 8 performance cores, 16 e-cores this time. So, I don't know. Obviously, we have to test it. This is the problem with the the launch timing here is because you have new stuff from AMD and while people are waiting for stuff to come into stock and waiting for the more mainstream solution like the B600 series boards from AMD to come out then Intel's going to launch and Intel is going to have parts pretty much in the same price range i don't see anything cheaper cuz these are of course probably tray prices but 136 Hundred K and KF will be in that three hundred to three hundred twenty dollars price range, matching the seventy six hundred X. So I'm just curious as to which platform is going to be the best, like you know, gaming platform because obviously performance per watt, performance per clock, well, performance, performance per, watt, per frame. It's still going to be AMD, especially if you do the PBO tuning. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the very high end, it, AMD still wins. You're not going to beat. The 7950X, I don't think. I'd be amazed if the 13900K comes out and it's beating the 7950X in hmm. multi-threaded performance. But And they also sort of announced, I don't think they actually named it, but they will have a 6 gigahertz part, which will probably be the KS of this generation. So yeah. at some point in limited quantities. And... Limited hitting of six gigahertz, but uh, I thought we stopped this megahertz race back in. No. Th- we had net burst architecture that was supposed to go to seven gigahertz or something, and then it was just all canceled. Ten. 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 Go to ten. Ten gigahertz. Mm-hmm. Well, the race it's is on again. Glorian travel in time. Hey, a rising clock speed. Lifts all boats, or something like that. Ah, mixing so, my metaphors again. Shall we move I, on and, and talk about the outrage that people felt about the RTX 40 series launch announcement on our week off? Let us. 
I guess we've had a week to think about it. We've had a week to cool down and talk objectively about this. Graphics cards are getting really, really expensive. As we will mention in a moment what uh, Intel had to say about that. But let's just go back in time a week or so to when the RTX 40 series was announced at GTC. And the 4090 will be the new flagship, at least for now. I don't know if there's going to be a TI or whatever in the future, but it is $1,599 for the Founders Edition version of the card. And of course, it has just monstrous specs. They're talking about these huge increases in performance, and some of that is due to improvements to the next generation of DLSS and the fact they're actually doing interpolation now it's not just resolution scaling it's actually you know ai is introducing frames so you get the perception of faster frame rates uh with lower frame without actually having them delivered by the application in this case the game so rather than the game saying hey here's where the pixels go the graphics card is going to go yeah there's pixels here we're just going to make that up it'll seem faster you'll you'll love it Probably the, the big controversy, though, because, I mean, you can look at the 3090 Ti, which who knows what that even has been selling. I have not checked on pricing on that in a while, but I think it was a $1,500 part. Generally now it's, 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 it's pushing down into the 11, 1200 range oh, okay. right now. But mm-hmm. for, for the next high ultra high end that used to be called a Titan to come out, at 1600 doesn't seem all that insane just because that's what Nvidia does now and you would be at like the 4080 or below if you're just an enthusiast spend half as much money but here's a little problem with that and it I can look at just their performance tab here on the Nvidia site if you click over off of 4090 and onto 4080 there's two 4080s and depending on what you're doing and depending on what the resolution that you're running detail settings the fact that one of them has less VRAM, 12 versus 16 gigs, both with the same name. Remember, this is the 4080 and also the 4080. But one of them also has significantly lower potential performance because it has just different specs. It's a different GPU. It has a different number of uh, shaders available. The CUDA core count drops from 9728 to 7680 with the 12 gigabyte version. They try to make up for it a little bit with boost clocks that are slightly higher, same memory type, but the memory bandwidth is a lot lower because the... uh, Yeah, it's 192-bit versus 256-bit. Yeah, so significantly narrower memory bus. This seems like a... It's a a different product, but it's still called the 4080. No, it's not the super version it just has an extra four gigs of DDR RAM on it. That's what it sounds Lies. like. It sounds like when you buy a laptop and there's, there, you know, I don't know if they still do this, but there would be this insane version of the GPU that had way more memory than a GPU that week would ever need. But how did they not learn this after the 970? They're not partitioning off memory, are they? Well, no. No, and technically it's not a different technology either, but it's just stupid. And it's a bad on a, Yeah, they've been caught out on this before. It did not go well for them. Uh, people are still getting checks from the uh, the the lawsuit that went down because of it. 
So to do this and to have no guarantee that it's branded well enough to be able to know at a glance which one you're getting as a standalone box, let alone inside of a pre-built machine, like it's it's ridiculous. And then, but it does give them a chance to say eight ninety nine and up. Yeah. Well, do you think yeah. the uh, which version do you think's nine hundred bucks? Right. If you want the one that's hey. actually full for forty eighty performance, that is a twelve hundred dollar yeah. ask now. So I don't just, know who came up with the idea. The six hundred to seven hundred dollars that the <coughs> twenty eighty and the thirty eighty all were introduced at. Of course, you could yeah. never get a thirty eighty for that price unless you were really lucky with Best Buy. But oh, but Josh, if you add the two of them together into one car, then the price makes yeah. sense. What what so else are you going to sense. do with your chip yields that just don't meet your 4080 specs? What else are you going to do with them? Oh, I know. It's a different chip. <laughs> it's no, because I mean, the CUDA cores are stripped out. Uh, the boost is different. The memory bandwidth is dropped. The power consumption is different. You can't tell me that's just a we'll bin just, down chip. We'll just burn. We'll burn out some data lines. We'll use some uh, memory chips that don't meet to total spec. Or we just won't populate it on the card. Come on. Well, and we'll cut uh, thirty-five simple. watts of power draw. Sure, that's just that's just a tunable. Now, yeah, tech yeah. power up. Uh, eighty one hundred four is found in the twelve gigabyte variant of the forty eighty, and it's eighty one hundred three in the sixteen gigabyte mm. version. Now, eighty one hundred four is a. I believe this is a smaller part. Physically different. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, they did literally physically chip, got rid of some of the chip. Ah, no, no. That, that's <laughs> the they got chipped off sure. the chip. <laughs> yeah. The, according to TPU here, 8104 is a four nanometer part, 35.8 billion transistors, and 295 millimeter square die size, which is, you know, smaller than 8103, which is 379 millimeters squared, has 45.9 million transistors. Yeah, so it's just someone really, really skilled with a belt sander. It's a different part. Normally this would be, we're talking 4070 and then 4080. But and then maybe a 4080 Ti and a 4080 or a 4070 Ti, oh, maybe a 4070 Super. Not yet. You've got not so at, many choices long. at this point. You don't need to brand them both the same damn thing. Here's what they're doing, though. And when we asked about this during our call, there was a media call last week. Uh, everybody was asking this question. They just asked one question on behalf of everybody who was asking, what was the thinking behind the branding here? Why was there not a 4070? Why are these two different 4080s that are of different performance, but their only differentiator in the name is the amount of memory? And we just got some, you know, PR speak about, uh, you know, gamers love performance and yeah. performance. Uh, you know, this, these have great something, something, the strength of the 80 series. Yeah, exactly. The 80 series, uh, it, it connotes that level of performance people want yeah. and blah, blah, blah. It like, speaks that's for nice, itself. But uh, these are two different products. And apparently what it boils down to, if I'm just going to assume here, is that they're keeping the 30 series. They mentioned that they're keeping the 30 series. For now, at least. And right now, you can say, well, this great level of performance that you get from the 3080 
is just $699. And if you want to move up to this amazing performance with the 4080 12 gigabyte, that's just $899. And then if you want to move up even higher to the amazing performance of the 4080 16 gig, that's just $1199. And then if you really want to push the limits of what's possible with modern games and esports, you know, competitive gaming, you're going to want to go with that $1599-4090. So... Because you're going to make that back in esports. Easy. Oh, easy. Easy. Is this, is this 300 frames a second on your 144 hertz monitor? Just checking. You just want to make oh, sure. Oh, no. It's, they, they raised Fortnite to 600. They, the, the to raise, uh, they actually had to raise the frame oh. cap because of the power of the 4090. Brett, I don't know if you're yes. watching the presentation you, or not. You better get a 165 hertz refresh monitor then. You better. It, get, you know, even if know. your monitor can't display it, you are reducing uh, latency by having such high <laughs> frame rates. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think I've ever seen a video card release met with such. Harumph. It just, <laughs> um, you know, usually you get some hints about, you know, what's kind of coming up. And, yeah. And I mean, the 3000 series was, you know, probably there, you know, it was, it was a good launch. People were excited about it because, you know, a 3080 for 699 gave you better performance than the previous $1,100 2080 Ti with 11 gigs of memory. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a deal. I mean, if you, you find it, yeah, that is not a performance for less money with a next generation product. And now we're at this point where we're going to take these performance increases and not give you a break, give you really nothing to look forward to. Um, sorry, pores. You, you just, you know, if you can't shell out the eight ninety nine at the base, then, you know, Hey, we've got a thirty sixty for four hundred dollars that 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 you can certainly have. The, I think the crappy thing is that if if the shortage hadn't happened, if we hadn't gone through two years of mining insanity again, just like we did in twenty seventeen into I think the first part of twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. where you just couldn't mm-hmm. buy one of these things, I don't think there was really a problem with performance or even necessarily price relative to the <clears throat> RTX twenty series, because like you were just saying, Josh, six ninety nine suddenly was buying you something that could outperform the 2080 Ti and even better, go down the stack. One of the greatest GPU values ever could have been the 3060 Ti. Just mm-hmm. a tremendous part for what it was at the time it came out for 399 if it had ever actually been available for 399 So no. it's just... And it's still not available for 399 No, but no. It, it's, I've seen it for like 460 something like that. It's yeah. Like, Someday, but now the next gen is out. Well, I think that the issue is partly that we didn't have sell-through of the RTX 30 series because when mining crashed, now all these cards are out there. The prices are starting to come down. We saw that happen rather quickly, and we talked about it a lot on the show. June, yeah. Well, I feel like it was too little too late because then people were waiting for the next gen to come out before making such a big investment because the cards are so much more expensive than they used to be. Well, there was one other thing too, which was that uh, with the 20 series, it was like, Oh look, it's the RTX it's ray tracing that doesn't completely disembowel your system, but isn't great. 
when the 3000 series came out, it was like second generation ray tracing, and there was a significant jump in performance. So there were a lot of people that were more interested in that than they were the first generation of, yeah, is this ray tracing thing going to catch on anyways? Which I still don't think we know because it, it's only sort of caught on. But uh, yeah, so now you've got the 4000 and it's like, okay, yeah, it's better than the last one, but ye gods, that markup is like, it's as bad as it was at the height of the crypto and supply chain issue as the MSRP. And they're, they're, I mean, okay, let's, let's not downplay a few things. One, it costs billions of dollars to develop the technology. I yeah. mean, I remember when, um, back in 2004, when they released the uh, GTX 6800, I believe it was, and NVIDIA, um, Jensen got on stage and said, this is, this chip cost us a billion dollars to create. And you know, from that point on, that was the baseline for any new chip development. And it's only mm-hmm. gotten worse. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's for masks. You're looking at what, $10 million just for a single mask. I mean, it's, it's just insane what manufacturing these things costs and designing them, even though they have better tools now than they did back in 2004, it still takes a significant amount of man hours to get all this mm-hmm. stuff done, all the development of the new technologies that are going in there, all the simulations they've had to run on these designs. And it just, I mean, it probably costs four to $5 billion to have gotten the 4,000 series out, if not more. And yes, they are expected to produce. It's a five nanometer process that NVIDIA has kind of, you know, tweaked a little bit with TSMC and they now call it the N4, I think, or yeah. 4N, one of those two. Yeah, it's like enhanced um, and it's yeah. not really, it's not really four nanometer, but it's, it is, you know, a, a more tailored, um, process for NVIDIA that, uh, that they use for this and it costs money and there's still wow. big chips on cutting edge foundries and they've cost billions of dollars to design. And it's, I don't know. Uh, but no, no, you're absolutely see- right, Josh. Yeah. I, I can't argue any of that, but it the, the problem in your that, craw that it is so damn expensive as compared to last generation. And they're still pushing last yeah. generation as well. If you can't afford that, then, you know, yeah, just go I, with that one. Yeah. I think the yeah. fact that last generation is still in the pipeline is exactly why these are priced the way they are. It's market segmentation. It's not wanting to yeah. give up on margins. It's not wanting to give rebates to partners <clears throat> because if you look at it just as a pure business decision, okay, we have all this 30 series stuff still out there in the channel. We want to introduce the 40 series. We cannot undercut the price of the 30 series. Or it'll never sell. The only way to get well, rid of the retailers would revolt would be to fire sale it. And the only way to do that is to give our partners rebates because yeah, we already charged yeah. them X amount for these parts. Right. So, right. So in other, <clears throat> in other words, it's either take a big write down or write off, whatever that is. And, and push lower prices on the 30 series out, in the channel to introduce the 40 series with significantly better performance at the same prices that we had the 30 series launch at two years ago. So the new 4080 is 699 instead of 899, for example, this doesn't make any sense from a business standpoint. Why would you do this? If you can sell at the same margins, if you don't have to take any uh, write-offs or send out any rebates, why would you, and then position the new 40 series things as these 
basically like a it's like a status symbol it's like a uh, just yeah. hey, look at how much faster we are than anything else that's out there. Part of the upmarket continuum. Yeah, because you you sort of assume that you've got a, a captive audience, one that has to buy the next generation. And well, yeah, when GPUs are about uh, half the price they launch at now, that was very easy to do. There was a large pool of people that would go and eat ramen noodles for a month so they could afford a brand new GPU. I don't know. There's many of them that are going to go out there and eat ramen noodles for six months to buy a new GPU. <laughs> uh, they're in a way I'm worried they're pricing themselves of the market where they're just going to say, yeah, we put a huge amount in and it is brilliant what they came out with. Like, don't get me wrong. The cards are amazing. Uh, at least from the benchmarks that I've sort of seen, but I've got no attraction to it. It's like, no, I, it simply doesn't fit in what I'm planning for my budget coming up. That's, but there's also no competition in this in that current uh, performance category as well. We'll have to wait uh, for fair. RDNA three to see if there's well, going to be any okay. performance I mean, competition. No, not to the forty series them. yet. Right, we haven't seen right. the the next generation stuff from AMD. If you look at current, well, previously current gen like RTX thirty series versus Radeon, you could make an argument that some of those inexpensive, some of the deals we've seen on the sixty nine hundred XT, make that more compelling. But <clears throat> I'm just looking. Somebody in the YouTube chat was saying that the prices on the the 3080 were half. Well, half of the double they were. Yeah. The inflated uh, mining-driven price. You will not well, find, I don't think, a brand new 3080 at retail anywhere for less than six ninety nine. I don't think that's it. happening. No. Just checking you on but, you that, know, I would concur. The uh, Yep. If there's one bright spot here, um, the prices on the 3000 series have gone down. There's still pretty good performance across a wide variety of games. Yeah. There's, other than, than like Cyberpunk 2077 with ray tracing, um, we don't see a, a real performance uh, you know, sync, not like Crisis back in the day. But no. those 3080 12 gig cards are actually probably one of the most attractive out there currently because you get the wider memory bus than the 10 gig and it's just slightly faster and it's not about much more money and there are games out there that will take advantage of over 10 <laughs> gigs of memory space so yeah if you were to you know hope saving your pennies for a 4000 series and it just is uh, way out of price you can you can at least go down a couple hundred bucks and get a 3080 12 gig yeah. for 740 and i think that that's that's one of the better overall deals and i i, I wouldn't want to go much underneath that no what do you I think mean, of the, the 3070 say, no again 3070 ti with with 8 gig i mean is that that's again you're I, I hate 8 gig anymore you're right at the edge just, you're right at the edge yep. you're right at the edge yep. like if you if you literally mm -hmm. can't go more than that then it's a still a decent card um, but yeah, like, you want the memory bandwidth in it. If you don't really care about the NVIDIA optimized and the ray trace stuff, I mean, the 6800 XT is pretty much neck and neck with the, the 3080 mm -hmm. if you're not uh, doing the ray tracing stuff. So sure. it's more a matter of like, hey, which one's cheaper? They both have gobs of VRAM, uh, the AMD a little bit more, but it doesn't, it doesn't have that huge of an impact, uh, but as it does just going over 10 gigs does. But yeah, it's it's hard to argue about a next gen card if you can find a good deal on the current gen. 
I'm very hesitant to buy used cards on eBay. Oh, well, in you, any post mining era. So anybody saying, well, you can get it for this much on eBay. That's great. And you're assuming all the risk. You're getting no warranty with that at all. So that could either be great or it could be miserable because you've only got about 30 mm -hmm. days to send that thing back and get a full refund if you're buying it on eBay. So hopefully it works beyond that. If we've learned anything from the AMD launch today, no. we're not going to have any problems getting a hold of these cards as compared to the 3000 series where you had the scalpers and the bots. Cause I just don't yeah. think the market is there. I mean, there will be some who will try to do it and try to sell it. But I think that if they were unable to do it with the, uh, the Ryzen 7,000 series, cause you remember when the Ryzen 5,000 series came out? Oh yeah. Sold out like yeah. within minutes. I mean, you could still kind of get one, but you had to be there at seven o'clock in the morning when Newegg released it all. And uh, within 15 to 20 minutes, they were all gone. And I don't, you can get every chip now still. And I don't think yeah. that scalpers are going to be an issue this year. Yeah. eBay is not a place like to make money right now. It's a great place to lose money. If you want to list something on there, if you're desperate enough to, you know, part with something for way less than you paid for it and pay fees on top of that. But fees. Trust yeah. me, as somebody who's looked into selling some of the extra junk I have accumulated over the years, it's like the collectibles market has basically gone away. And if you're interested in selling something on eBay right now, it's half of what it was mid-2020. People are just not willing to pay any kind of a premium. They're looking for a deal. It's the only reason they're on eBay. Yeah. So, yeah, good luck yeah, trying to buy and I, resell uh, some computer part. Those people who, you know, paid hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to develop those open-air GPU mining sites. Yeah. And, you know, the, the famous video of the guy down there just turning off shelf by shelf shelf by shelf uh, after China really cracked down on all that. Yep. And now with the merge. Honestly, I'd like uh, to buy his powered racks, though. Those were some sweet powered racks he had. You can get <laughs> the GPU. Really I don't want nothing to do with them. But. You, you, know, yeah. you might be able to pick those up for pennies on the dollar right now. You know, with you the know. power uh, with the power supplies that people were using for those rigs that had like six or eight graphics cards, you could power an RTX 40 series card easily. Just one, though. Not, not well, two, Yeah, just one. <laughs> one is all you need. One. And two UPSs. Because we're not even going to get into that. And like The whole thing about the 40 series is that you also probably need a new power supply, so add that to the bill, and it just uh, becomes... Is 1,000 watts enough, enough nowadays? I think 1,000 is probably enough as long before. as it can do the momentary power, and you don't have a lot of mm. you know other stuff. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, let's, let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Hey, what gets in the way of your workplace productivity? Well, for many professionals, it's repetitive typing and boring tasks that suck up a ton of valuable time. Think of how many hours are spent responding to the same questions over and over again in email and chat, or digging through your file sharing platform to track down the correct email template, or even manually personalizing those email replies to make sure your message is targeted and authentic. Well, enter Text Expander, your secret to eliminating repetition. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your work, so all you have to do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the work for you. Create text templates and insert them anywhere you type with just a few keystrokes. Here's how it works. Drop your commonly used content into the Text Expander app 
and give it an abbreviation. Add customizations like today's date, fill in the blank form fields, timestamps, and more to make content feel personalized. Then all you have to do is type a few characters to expand your content or do a quick search to access it wherever you type. And that's just the beginning of how Text Expander will impact your team's productivity. The possibilities are really endless to improve your workplace productivity with Text Expander. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. Check it out at textexpander.com slash PCPer. That's textexpander.com slash PCPer. We don't have to spend all night on all of these stories, but it's not. No, we have to not. talk wow. about the EVGA NVIDIA drama, Shake of course, up. because, you know, and really, if you're interested in this, you would have already watched Steve's video, because Gamers Nexus had the scoop, and Jay, Jay's two cents also, I guess, was in the room. There was some he went there with them, yes. secret meeting Jay. with the CEO of and EVGA. Petty. It was double secret, let's be real. No. So the... I'm looking just at a story here on Tom's hardware because I was looking for a print version. EVGA, they're out of the GPU market after the 30 series. They're not going to do it anymore. They say they're not going to go to Intel. They're not going to have Radeon cards. They're just done. And said some things. The CEO, Andrew, said some things. Andrew Hahn was frustrated with NVIDIA. And I, I, I hope some of this was maybe lost a little bit in translation. The, the comment, quote, we are not going to be on Jensen's lap on stage. So I don't want oh. people to speculate what's going mm-hmm. on. We're not there. It's like, do you, I mean, I guess if you are trying to burn your bridges, just it doesn't matter what you say. But hey, I mean, Jensen has a spatula thing, so you never know. Let me let me just let me cut to the unfortunate chase as far as EVGA as a company goes. Are they are they surviving on uh, on sound cards and power supplies? They already killed their sound card business, from what I can tell. They were oh, fire sailing right. all their keyboards. Uh, it seems like power supplies are going to be their money maker, along with their premium motherboards. Is that their business yeah, model going did forward? Fire those keyboards for a while, but now they're they're back up in price. Oh, they are back up. Yeah, they've got okay. new ones. Still, so instead of forty bucks, they're eighty bucks, oh. but that's uh-huh. still forty bucks down from the hundred twenty that the MSRP is. Yeah, but they, I mean, they've branched out into mice and keyboards and power supplies and motherboards, and uh, I, you know, I'm I'm sure that you're you're gonna and honestly, the, their PSU business might even just be able to float them right there. Uh, the mm, one nice perhaps. thing, and for anyone who missed this news. Uh, they've promised that they have a stockpile of current generation cards in the back room right now. So if you currently have an EVGA card and it dies, your warranty will still be honored. You will still get a replacement card. In fact, they'd probably be happy to send it to you because it's taking up space in the back. So yeah, don't worry about that. But it is kind of sad to see him go. And the other hand, the the we haven't heard many of the rumors, but it doesn't sound like they had a they, they were in a toxic relationship with Nvidia. Well, I think the entire market kind of was because I, NVIDIA's margins kept going like this yeah. up to 65%, and the chip guy, the, the, the partner's margins kept going like that. Because, yeah. you know, well, in, NVIDIA... You're not, you're not adding any value. Why, why are you getting any margin at all? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. I know, I know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that... Um, with the popularity and how the market went, I, I think NVIDIA, the the bean counters were 
too aggressive in padding yeah. their margins, much to the dismay of their partners. And uh, it's burnt them really badly, I think, uh, because mm-hmm. demand has just dropped off. There's no excitement for the 4,000. I mean, there's some, but not like in, in years past. Um, they have some, you know, interesting, obvious, you know, new features for the new 4,000 series, but is it going to get people to, to spend that kind of money? No. Are our partners excited about it? I don't think so. Because I think the margins <clears throat> that the partners have with these new cards and the amount of power circuitry and design and cooling and all that, I mean, their margins are still going to be crap, even the even though it's it's a fifteen hundred dollar part. Yeah. And then I mean, look a little bit of jealousy and how complex the cooling is. I mean, like thirteen heat pipes going to hundreds of, of fins. It's just it's nuts and cold plates. But I think there's a little bit of jealousy, uh, and this is going back a little bit of because when Microsoft first started putting out hardware it seemed like a really bad idea. Like it's really not going to, the guys that you deal with, all of your vendors are going to be a little bit annoyed by this surface. And that was sort of my assumption. And a lot of uh, resellers sort of said that it's like, no, if Microsoft's going to stick with this, we're going to look at uh, moving to other uh, operating systems or at least not bundling it in. And I was totally wrong. The, the surface went brilliantly. It still is. It had some interesting, uh, ARM-related issues, uh, but apart from that, and so NVIDIA sort of said, hey, we could do a Founders Edition. You know what? Screw the resellers. Screw the vendors. We're just going to sell them ourselves. And I don't think that some of the vendors ever forgave them for that. I could be wrong completely here, but... And then, you know, as Josh said, like the margins went to crap, and yeah, as an Adam board guy, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't even need you. It was a very dramatic end that it it sounds like may have been a long time coming. It depends on who you want to yeah. believe. But what was Jensen's response in the Q&A? He said that Andrew's been wanting to wind that business down for a while. So it wasn't something he just decided. Apparently this was decided also back in the spring and was just uh, not divulged until... For some reason, calling this embargo YouTuber meeting, launch? huh? Just just before the launch of the new series, yeah. you mean? Just to yeah. make a lot but of noise. I don't understand why he wouldn't want to stay owner and appoint somebody else CEO, and then he can take his time off. I don't know. Who knows? So you know what? There's probably you know what multiple players. I don't think that there's you know one singular bad guy. It's just. I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what like Asus and MSI and Gigabyte have to say. Mm. Yes. Um, but there's really no longer a kind of dedicated third party NVIDIA supplier that I can think of. Unless mm. it's what, Galax or it might be Zotac. But Galax more overseas, but definitely a solid partner. Yeah. Yeah. But you know Galax. what this means. EVGA uh, is going to start selling uh, ARCs. No, they said no. no. <laughs> he said absolutely not. He said he's not selling the company. No way. He's not going with AMD or because I know Josh was. This came up and talking about XFX because 
back in the day, they used to be a big NVIDIA partner, and now they're a Radeon exclusive partner. It could happen. Who knows? But don't worry about that stuff. Don't need to worry about NVIDIA. No more NVIDIA. Let's talk about, uh, not AMD either, Intel. Intel in the news. news again. Because during their event, uh, what is it called? The Innovation 2022 event. They have officially given a launch date and price, well, starting price, of the ARC A770, which is October 12, starting at $329. Now, I cautioned readers in my news post about this, that the slide behind CEO Pat Gelsinger here is, it says, available October 12. Now, the picture shows limited edition card, which is a 16 gigabyte card, but it says starting at 329, which as we all know, probably means the eight gigabyte version. Now, Video Cards was originally reporting that it was gonna be the 16 gigabyte version. They have amended this uh, paragraph that I quoted to be a little bit more cautious and say, however, Intel's limited edition only comes with 16 gigabytes around the 329 price may refer to the eight gigabyte model. I asked for clarification on this myself through channels. I was told that we have to wait a few days. Apparently there's further announcements or something coming. Because we're also waiting. Uh, Ryan Shrout on Twitter said something about more news coming in the coming days on like A750, A580, the further. He just likes going on tour with his new friend. (sighs) So I'm sure. Taps is an old friend, so. Well, that's fair, Josh. You're right. It's a different new, relationship now, His though. new co-worker is old friend. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the we have an incomplete picture still because we don't know specifically what the pricing will be on the 16 gigabyte model. I'm guessing 399 Who knows? Maybe it'll be 429 And then we'll have some kind of pricing eventually on A750 and A580. It was nice to see on stage, though, uh, Gelsinger was talking about the the price and how the median graphics card price has been climbing over time and it used to be in this 200 to 300 dollar range for a mid-range graphics card and now it's i believe the number was 418 dollars so to come in below that with your highest end skew is is nice and they, they want they have the opportunity they had the opportunity during the shortage and the mining craze especially if these are not good mining cards which is irrelevant anymore because you can't mine ethereum on a gpu but they they still have this huge opportunity. If they can produce these cards in quantity and sell them for less than four hundred dollars, and that's less than still half. make a little bit of money off of yeah. it. Yeah, well, yeah, even just a little. They they need to. I don't get, know if they will. They need to get some market share. But and it, the more they sell, the more likely they will continue along this path and yes. keep developing the software, which is right now the Achilles heel of this entire thing. I'm sure so hardware is what you're saying done for a while. What you're, what you're saying is I can get it extremely well supported, used sub three hundred dollar 1080 Ti and and be at the same. <laughs> you and your 1080 level. Ti. You know what? That was a legendary mm-hmm. graphics card. But is it or is it not? Perhaps. Perhaps roughly in the 770 performance envelope. Uh, I don't know. I think it might be. I think this is still going to be a well-designed chip. And, uh, you know, if, if any of the ray tracing stuff is is correct, uh, it's doing things internally better than right. our competition, that, especially AMD. Larabee? 
That'll be something. Yeah, and so it would be nice Why to have... Why do you have to keep you know, doing that? What, drinking beer? No, the, 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 the Larrabee. The Larrabee. Larrabee. He's yeah, it was, the Larrabee. does things better than... Well, it did things better than Larrabee. Look, yeah. Larrabee never actually made it to market, and there are physical retail boxed A380s that you can buy on back order or from a reseller on eBay or directly from China. Let's transition to a story completely different. Acorn, just how did they end up with their arm in everything? Oh, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy, with Uh, the titles. (laughs) Well, and hey, these guys deserve every bit of talent I can scrape up from you don't want to know where. Ars Technica has decided to do uh, a little bit of the history of ARM, which originally started out as uh, the Acorn Risk Machine, which is, if you didn't know what ARM sort of stood for back in the day, it doesn't really anymore. They've given up on it. They're just ARM. But it's a bizarre story about uh, the BBC in England wanted to do a show that taught people what these new whole computer things were. And so they gave uh, a company called Acorn, which was local to uh, England, uh, a list of things they needed the computer to do to be able to demonstrate everything that a computer can do, to which they said, "Uh, uh, but no, you like this machine can do that bit and that machine can do that, but there's nothing that can do all of them. But you know what? What the hell? We're going to give it a shot. And Sinclair and a couple others tried it as well. But uh, Acorn, with the help of a, a bunch of amazing people like uh, Sophie Wilson, uh, who, if you haven't read stuff about you, you really should. It's a, it's a hell of a story. Came up with the Acorn Risk Machine, which literally could demonstrate like networking and word processing and a whole bunch of other things that literally were just specialist devices at that point. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. If you, you really don't know the history of it, you really owe it to yourself to, to take a look into it. If you do, Hey, it's amazing how much you've forgotten over the years. So it's, it's also worth checking out. It's, well, it's they did something an right. Amazing story. Yeah. They, they certainly did something right. It's that, that arm core is in, I don't know, everything practically. Uh, I, I looked it up. They were, they're currently estimated 100 billion ARM-based chips operating on the planet right now. There's far more of those Including that aren't necessarily operating. But your refrigerator, probably, not to mention my webcam. Uh, probably the microphone. Your phone, of course. Of course, your phone. Well, it is time. Oh, oh, it boy. is finally time for gaming quick hits or quick hit, because I think there's only one on the list. Oh, and it'll be quick. What is uh, Solium Infer? I want to say Solium Infernium, but it looks like it's just Infernum. No, it's just Infernum. Uh, it's Greek. Stadium Arcadium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a miss. It should have been Infernium, except that doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. Uh, what is this game? Uh, it's a game that came out about uh, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago uh, that was from a bunch of people that didn't give a crap about graphics, but wanted an interesting game. The idea is that Lucifer has disappeared from the throne of hell, and you get to pick from one of eight uh, demon princes in a multiplayer battle uh, of up to six players to take over the throne. 
But the idea was not so much to be raising the armies and stuff, but as to either convince people to join you or the, the other enemies to join you or to make the other people look so bad that everyone else ganged up on them and let you go sneak in. And it was well written. Uh, the, the overall design of it was great, but it was ugly as sin. So not a lot of people picked it up. If you were a war gamer, you didn't mind because, you know, where you were used to not really good looking things. So they've redone it from scratch uh, with a brand new engine, which I'm going to bet is unity. Cause well, everything is. Uh, so it looks a lot prettier. It, I, I, I played it and I despise card games and it looks a little bit like a card game, but no, literally the cards are just like the player, the, the character sheets. It's, it's a very simple system that way, but very complex in how it works. And it's really nice to see what was like a really, you know, it, it wasn't loved by a lot of people. There were only a couple of people that really liked the game uh, to see if they're going to really release it and see how well it does. Cause they've done a lot and there's a lot of hand painted stuff in it. Uh, a lot of the events and such that happen are, are really gorgeous 2d painted art. So, and they've, they say that they've kept it and increased the amount. So it's, Interesting. I don't know if you love it or hate it, but uh, sometime next year, see what the League of Geeks have done with it. Boy, that really does look like the gates of hell. That's impressive looking. Yeah, they they did a good job. Yeah, it does. And that would be the uh, throne you're after. Hmm. Your driver will be arriving in five minutes. Your driver mm-hmm. will be arriving in 30 <laughs> seconds. Your driver will be arriving in 10 minutes. Your driver will be, your driver is here. They're in a Kia. They're in a Kia Sportage. This is a nightmare. Uh, Uber, an Uber breach, sharing more than just rides. That's nice of them. So, you know, sharing is caring. <laughs> Except when it's done mm-hmm. with strangers and it involves personal information, I guess. But what's the spin on this from Uber? Yeah, about a petabyte of data. Oh, so, you know, not much. Not much. Uh, definitely has all of the uh, internal financial data uh, and definitely all of their employer data. Probably have most of the user data because this is the f- wonderfully hilarious thing about it. By the time they admitted to it, so who knows what happened before this and how much they're not admitting to, Someone got a hold of their Amazon Web Services cloud account, the entire admin structure of it, their VMware deployment and every single VM attached to it, their internal Slack and their G Suite account. They got it all. Mm. So, yeah, uh, the chances of the, uh, the this new type of industry where everything is online and yeah, there's nothing offline. They got like pretty much just about everything. And since the, uh, this has come out in the press, Uber has said squat that they really are just not saying anything at this point, uh, change your password. But the best thing is if they had that much access to it, there's no guarantee that they don't still have that much access to it. So changing your uh, password might just be futile, but Hey, it's definitely recommended. It's probably a good idea. It's yeah, it's really not good. It's just going to keep happening. Some more and more companies. Uh, yeah. Let's move 
to picks of the week. Josh, Let please out. take it away. Okay, so I probably won't be buying this, but I'd love one. You know, Logitech has offered wheels for ages. Um, the G25, the G27, now they're on the G29, the G920, and I can't remember what the, the latest one is, that the uh, the true force feedback. These have been dual motor, dual helical gear units that maybe put out three to four Newton meters. I mean, the design's kind of nifty. They've, they've got a leather-wrapped uh, steering wheel. It's got the anodized aluminum little, you know, centering knob. Uh, they they support damn near every game out there. Um, for, for between $200 and $300, these were, these were really good beginner-type sim racing gear. And we all just kind of thought that Logitech would, would continue along this route. And then a few days ago, they announced that they actually had a direct drive rig for $999.99. That doesn't include the pedals. If you get the new updated pedals with, you know, it, it, which are metal, they have greater adjustments. Uh, they've got load cell on the brakes. Then you're paying 1300 bucks for the combo. But Direct Drive, five years ago, if you wanted one, you had to go to a specialty type shop or you would build one yourself through a kit. And Fanatec uh, has released several generations of, of Direct Drive. Thrustmaster is supposed to be releasing one in November. And these are the big guys, you know. And so when Logitech announced that they would have this direct drive unit that not only did they announce, but is already available. I mean, I was absolutely stunned and shocked because nobody expected Logitech to release something this hardcore. And when previously they just had, you know, reasonably priced things that were not terribly exciting. The helical gear dual motor drive was not fantastic as compared to like the CSL Elite from Fanatec or the Thrustmaster uh, TSPC, uh, which were probably two of the best, you know, belt driven drive uh, wheels out there. But this is 11 Newton meter force, which if you put your hand through there and you wreck, it could break your wrist. I mean, it's it's no joke amount. I mean, the, the CSL Elite from Fanatec is about eight, six to eight Newton meters, I believe. So it's, it's a significant jump in, in, uh, in strength. I think the $1,400 just base itself from Fanatec is 20 to 25 Newton meters. So you're going to still paying for that. But if you want to get like the Fanatec one, you're paying at a minimum $300 for the actual rim and then another 500 for, the pedal set. So you're looking at $2,500 versus $1,300 for the setup. So it's it's not cheap, but it's out there. And it looks like it's really, really good. And yeah, my, my video card for $1,500 or racing gear that I can keep for the next 15 years for $1,300. That seems know. like an easy decision to me. Seems like is it, it. Is it compatible with Desert Bus? 
Penn <laughs> <laughs> and Teller. Uh, somebody would be proud. should make a version that is. I would love to feel the force of that steering wheel yeah. as I drive for you know, what, like a straight line, eighteen hours or whatever it takes. Twenty. Yeah. About that, yeah. I I have used only a uh, Momo racing wheel from Logitech. Well, a, a cheaper wingman, but I had a Momo for a while, and those things were fantastic. Just built like tanks. Mm-hmm. I still and have a couple of them. Great nobody tools. ever did feedback better than Logitech in my experience. This thing, their Wingman Force <laughs> joystick, it would mm. rip the joystick out of your hand. It was so strong. <laughs> I still have one of these in storage. Yeah. My favorite great. thing about those was when the uh, computer rebooted unexpectedly while you were not around. <laughs> it would and recalibrate. You the bang! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's my pick. I would love one. I, I I I hope sometime to be able to try one out and and see what the fuss is about. I've I've wanted to direct drive for ages, but that just hasn't been in the uh, uh, in the cards. So we'll wait. Hey, see. Logitech, if you're watching, I don't have a contact with Logitech, but we would be happy to let Josh borrow one for a while or forever. Don't have one you could borrow. Hmm. I feel like at that price level, it might be a loan, but you never know. Probably. Yeah. All right. Jeremy, your pick. Well, it, this is, is was absolutely hilarious when I read this because I did have like a K266 uh, chipset back in the day. But apparently, uh, Linux put in an ACPI workaround with some AMD boards because they... The, the stop clock assertion was not where the pro, the uh, the operating system expected it to be. So what they did was put in some dummy weight operations so that the chipset could catch up. Well, 20 years later, they realized they never removed it. So you've actually still got this fake slowdown on ACPI on AMD chip boards when you're running it so the, the brand new, doing i uh, know this is this is uh, this is probably linus's well hey hold linus on a second hold on a second put on put on your uh tinfoil hat for a moment here okay linus was on stage at intel innovation Give 2022 getting an award from them this year yes the creator of linux or Linux, or whatever. It's, it, he whatever sabotaged it is. the competition for the last fifteen years. And Why is he on stage with Pat Gelsinger? And we're finding out that there was an artificial system slowdown built right into his kernel. Yes, from twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to think. So anyway, patch your kernel because as a 6.0, they've rolled it. Well, sorry, 6.1, it's it's baked in. 6.0, you can download a patch to, to fix it. It's not going to have a huge effect, but at least on your personal one. But all I'm thinking is that there's a lot of epic build-outs out there that that cumulative savings of time is actually going to add up to a crap load of money. But I just thought that was funny, and I didn't realize I didn't put the two together, Sebastian. Mm. You're smart. You know, just one day ago. There he is. What you don't know is that a that 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 that's made of solid platinum. 
and uh, he's going to melt it down. Are you down sure they could carry it? <laughs> I don't know. Pat's pretty Josh, rich. He was doing Pat, Josh, what you, what, what you don't know is that platinum is radioactive. <laughs> well, no, but the radium ball in the middle is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a radium ball. <laughs> this is, he's like, hey, Linus, this is your award for making us faster on Linux for all these years. Yes, I'll you. see you in the hospital in a week. Everybody, everybody, maybe it's just me. Everybody uh, loves uh, some widescreen curved monitor gaming. And if you're like me, and I know that I am anyways, um, I love a fairly good deal on a curved monitor gaming. And we were just talking sort of earlier in the show about how much fun it is to get so many frames out of CSGO. Where are you going to put them? My gosh, you've got to get yourself a widescreen display. 165 hertz just isn't enough. Why not look at a 200 hertz display? This particular one that I've selected, which is the Acer Nitro 29 and a half, isn't quite that full 1440 34 inch display, but at least it is widescreen, 29 and a half inches, 200 hertz, one microsecond, but it is only 2560 by 1080 about a 45 uh $50 discount off of regular pricing from Woot uh so it's roughly about 300 bucks I'm noticing that a lot of these widescreen displays have increased in price rather than settling down to something a little bit less unfortunately so uh there's still you know 350 400 for the 34 but if you're looking to get into that widescreen gaming high high refresh rate um, you know, up to 200 hertz HDMI uh, here, 2560 by, by 1080. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. It's not but really you, a bad. Go ahead. Can you straighten it out and curve it again and it still works? Oh, yeah. Is really it that one where you can like manhandle story? it and flex it? And it stuff? is not. I oh. want uh, the, the ZER from Corsair. Really didn't have that. have the room for that. So 305 is actually about a $45, $50 discount for where they're normally priced at. So if you're looking to get into some widescreen 200 hertz gaming. How do you feel about the resolution? I mean, obviously, it's easier to drive 2560 by 1080. I'm, but I'm a little bit hurt uh, by the resolution. But again, widescreen is, in my opinion, uh, superior experience. In, well, as anybody looking things, at your work. video feed would be able to tell immediately there's a widescreen monitor right behind you. And, and it appears to be curved right as well. Here in front of me. Is, is that it a is. 48 behind you or is it a 34? It, no, it's a it's a 34. This is also a 34. That's a, that's the AOC one behind oh, me. This is the one in front of me is an Acer. Um, but yeah, I have uh, I have three of these widescreen displays and absolutely like them. Love them really. My wife has uh, we got her a 29 and a half inch 2580 by 1080 and um, you don't notice the pixelation very much on it at all, and it's an older seventy-five oh, hertz. So, yeah, and so it's a you, widescreen. You, you, no, if yeah, and if you know, but if you had the the ten eighty on a thirty-four, then it gets pretty gnarly looking. But this is, I know, agree, which is that it's it's a yep. it's a it's a it's a really nice uh, you know for a lower end gaming machine. Uh, you know, it's it's, Absolutely. A, it's a good panel. Want to get into the widescreen? It's VA, of course, uh, but it's 29 and a half. So at 1080, 25, 60, you know, that seems like it's pretty okay at that rate. Yeah. You know, we appreciate yet again you showing up for not only this podcast, but 
this podcast and then also the podcast that you can get and listen to and sometimes even watch depending on how much of a masochist you are because this is a lot of podcast but you know what you paid nothing for it and you're gonna like it and we thank you and have a good night and if you're still watching we know you're a masochist well right they could have oh, paid definitely. for it they could have been one of our patrons <laughs> The patrons are like, actually, why the f am I supporting this? And then just <laughs> Thanks, delete Josh. your delete your <laughs> patrons. It's no, it's this. I just want to cut that off and say thank you. Thank yeah, you very much <laughs> thank you for so much. Well, I'll just cut it off after Josh. <laughs> I won't add in any more incendiary talk. Oh, all right. I'm gonna end the recording now.